Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Good morning and welcome to Connection Church. I'm so excited to look out and see all of your beautiful faces and excited that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Um, If you guys have been here the past three weeks, you're getting ready to endure the third week in a row of me preaching. So if you've done that, congratulations, you've made it. There's one more week left, unfortunately, and then Daniel will come back and and grace us with his uh, beautiful voice. Um, but I do appreciate you guys coming, even though, even knowing ahead of time that I will be preaching, you still come, and that just, that just blesses my soul. So I appreciate that. Uh, we've spent time the past several weeks uh, looking at the true purpose of our lives as followers of Jesus, and also the true purpose behind the life and ministry of Jesus. And so we've been in Luke chapter 12 the past couple of weeks, and if you remember, uh, two weeks ago we talked about the importance of bringing our real worship daily so that we can constantly be ready for Jesus. So this idea that if we are living for Jesus in a real way, it doesn't matter when he comes back, we're going to be ready for him because we are living out our faith in this very real way. And then last week we talked a little bit about the purpose of Jesus and that he actually came to bring division uh, from earthly structures and relationships that we might be relying on so that we can be rescued and consumed by a relationship with him. I know you guys remembered all that, but I just wanted to recap it for you just in case. Uh, One theme that we can trace, if you guys read scripture, if you read it in its entirety, and you start to really pay attention to the themes and the motifs of scripture, there are several. But basically all of scripture is, is pointing toward Jesus and his life and his ministry and what that means for us. But one of the themes that we can kind of pull out of the last couple of weeks, and honestly, the scripture we will be talking about today, is this theme of authenticity. Uh, If you guys know me at all, you know that I really love digging in deeper into the the meaning of words and the exact definition. So I went ahead and I looked this up. I wanted to break down a bit further what the word authenticity means. There are actually a few definitions, but I think the ones that are most fitting for us uh, were genuine. And then the one that I like the most of undisputed origin. To be authentic means that you are acting in a way where the origin of your actions cannot be disputed. I thought that was so great because it means when we live our lives authentically for Jesus, the origin of our actions being rooted in Jesus cannot be disputed. So today we're going to actually be in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17, and we'll look at this theme a little bit more deeply Um, If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about sermon titles and how I'm typically very bad at them, but I've been putting them at the top of my list. What is each title going to be? And last week I told you that I was thinking about the title, Jesus is Divisive. And Haley said, and I said, Jesus divides. And Haley said, maybe. And so I went with Jesus divides. And this week I have maybe the best sermon title I have ever created. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. It's yet another one that Haley was like, maybe? But the title of this week's sermon is 
Jesus ain't about him. Jesus ain't about him. Now, I think we all know, uh, or most of us will probably know what that means, but just in case, so we're all on the same page, some people are about pickles on their sandwich. Austin ain't about it, right? Some people are really into wrestling and brutal UFC fights with crazy injuries. Austin ain't about it, right? So ain't about it just basically means you don't like it. It's not your desire. It's not something you would choose, right? And so today we're going to read a little bit about what Jesus ain't about, and we're going to talk a little bit about what he is about. So if you will join me in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17, like always, we'll read the scripture, uh, we'll pray together, and then we'll break it down a little bit. So starting in chapter 13, verse 10, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites. We've heard this before, right? We actually heard this last week. You hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth that it speaks into our lives. Thank you for the life-giving quality of your word. God, the fact that we can come together, read this together, and be pointed even closer uh, and and more strategically to your son. God, I pray that as we go through the scripture, Lord, as you reveal to us what you uh, want us to learn this morning, God, I pray that it would be transformative in our hearts and our lives. God, that it wouldn't just be something we hear, it wouldn't be surface level. God, it would be authentic and that we would apply it to our lives and your kingdom would be built through your word. So just pray these things in Jesus' name. So in this passage, we see Jesus give us a little further insight into his passion for the heart and depth of issues rather than the surface of them. In other words, Jesus desires to really know what is going on in any given situation. If you look at verses 10 through 13, we'll read them one more time. It says, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. So Jesus is actually being part of of a structure. It's a given religious structure. It's a Sabbath, and he's preaching in the Sabbath, right? So it's like Sunday, and he's at church. So as he's here to kind of divide us from some of these structures, he's not saying in and of themselves these structures are bad. If he was saying that, he wouldn't take part in any of the structures himself. 
What he's saying is, is we should not put our own structure above what God has called us to do. So he's preaching in this church, and in the midst of performing his leader slash teacher duties uh, in line with social and religious uh, constructs, um, he sees this woman come into the synagogue. And I think what's very interesting about this woman is she comes in, and it doesn't say she immediately approaches Jesus. It doesn't say that she was looking throughout the synagogue for someone who might heal her. It just says she comes in. She's just there. She's somewhere in the back. Perhaps this is because she's come to the synagogue on the Sabbath before, and people were like, hey, don't interact with her. This isn't a day of work. Just let her stay over there. So that's what she's doing. She comes in. She's not bothering anybody. But Jesus sees her in the midst of what he's technically supposed to be doing at the time. He sees someone in need outside of what this religious structure would say uh, he's supposed to do. But Jesus is very authentic. And so he wants to help this woman because he knows it's what God has called him to do. So if we look at our first point today, we know that Jesus ain't about surface level, but Jesus is about authenticity. Jesus is about authenticity. We see this all through his teaching. We see this all through his ministry. We see this all through his life. And we see this in this example here of his healing of this woman. So Jesus is in the midst of the structure that had actually kind of been twisted to glorify man. Sabbath is a gift from God to man. It's not a gift from man to God. But often in scripture, we see that it being treated in that way where men come together and they put on this great show and they say, here you go, God, here's my sacrifices, here are my offerings, we're not going to do work on this day because you're amazing. And it slowly becomes a lot about what we want to give God rather than what God is giving us, which is rest. And rest has many forms. Rest could be relief, say, from an illness that you've had for 18 years. And Jesus understood this. When I was reading this example, it made me think about when I was back in college and we would do BCM services. And there was a person who I, I'm able to share this now. We're really good friends, okay? So Eli, if you see this, I love you, dude. Um, but Eli was kind of a troublemaker in college. And it would have been very easy for our college pastor on the nights that we had these services to say, you know what? If you, if you do come, actually, we don't want you to come to the service because you're kind of disruptive. But if you do come, could you just sit in the back and just be quiet so that we can go through, you know, our religious structure so that we can make sure we're giving God this day without you interrupting? It would have been really easy to do that, right? But he didn't do that. He invited Eli. He made sure that Eli was there every single time we had a service. He didn't just say, hey, you should come. He sought him out and brought him to the service. And Eli would sit front row. And he would call out everything that he thought was wrong about what was being said in the middle of the sermon, even. Mm. And that's just who Eli is. Um, But in the midst of what should have been this perfect little collegiate structure where people come in and we sing our songs and we do the sermon, I think our campus pastor was being authentic. I think he knew that Eli needed to be front row. And regardless of what it cost him, face value, regardless of college students being like, well, this isn't really the cool service. You know, this is the awkward service where this kid comes in and interrupts. It was authentically what God was calling our lead uh, minister to do, and so he did it. And in this example, I think of the same thing. Jesus is preaching, 
And Jesus is an amazing teacher. I'm sure he's giving this amazing sermon and he's telling all these life-changing, transformative things. And in the midst of that, something awkward happens. Someone who doesn't look like everyone else shows up. Someone who's suffering. And instead of Jesus just ignoring that, like he probably could have done, she wasn't trying to interrupt. She was just in the back. He calls her up in front of everyone and heals her because he knows that's what God has called him to do because Jesus is about authenticity. He did not care that this was potentially a hindrance to a man-made tradition because he knew that the Sabbath should be a day where God is glorified in communal worship by people who have already been glorifying God throughout the week. Jesus also knew that the Sabbath could not be tainted or diminished by someone who was sick and disabled. This is actually an opportunity to give Sabbath, to give rest to someone who had not had rest in 18 years. And so when we see this woman come to this place and we see men kind of twist what Sabbath actually is, Jesus sees this as the perfect opportunity to call out that structure and call up a woman and heal her. Again, Jesus is not about the show. He is about authentically following the will of God. We look at chapter 13 and verse 14. It says, The synagogue leader was indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the people, There are six days for work. Come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. And so inevitably, Jesus knew as he stood in the synagogue and as he teach and as everyone was watching him, he knew that people would see what he had done and he knew that it would ruffle feathers. He knew it was against kind of the, the traditional flow of what would happen in the synagogue. And he knew that this man-made tradition, this show that people had put on for God would be interrupted. And he knew that the synagogue leader would be upset about this. What this tells me is that Authentic worship and following God is often costly. It can often be costly to us, and it will often result in opposition. The world will fight back against the work of our ministry, and sometimes we will even face opposition from other religious leaders or Christians in our community. Now, even though Jesus knew that this would ruffle feathers, isn't it? It's kind of strange to think that Jesus is doing something that's honoring to God, and there's a religious leader in the vicinity saying, don't do that. It's kind of counterintuitive. You would think that Jesus is this leader. He's obviously respected enough to be preaching in a synagogue. Why would the leader be so frustrated about what Jesus was doing? And it's because it goes against his own made-up, man-made structure. It goes against what he considers to be kosher, pun intended. Um, um, and so he's decided that if, if worship doesn't happen the way that it's been laid out, then it can't really be counted as worship. So this, I was, I was reading this part, and, and it really made me think about how resilient Jesus was in his ministry. So not only is Jesus about authenticity, our second point is Jesus is about resiliency. Jesus is about resiliency. I was thinking of, of people who have been resilient in their faith 
and I think a lot of us know a lot of what Daniel and Carrie have been going through and uh, a lot of what is what I would consider worldly pushback. And I'm just very thankful for our leaders in our church who are so resilient in their faith that model what it looks like to be authentic and resilient and to live life like Jesus. It also made me think of that was some worldly pushback. I also have a friend here in the city who is in the midst of starting a church and has support coming from another church. And there's a very minor aspect of the way that he wants to run this church that does not jive with the people who are supporting him. And so the word from down the pipeline is they're going to actually completely pull funding for this person to be in the city and do ministry. And I thought, well, that reminds me of some modern day uh, other religious leaders pushback. But what's so great about Daniel and Carrie and this other friend is that they are resilient and authentic in their faith. And regardless of the pushback that they're receiving, they're going to press forward and continue in the way that they feel God has called them to lead. So this is exactly what Jesus was facing in this moment. He was facing this, should I, should I stop preaching? Should I stop teaching and heal this woman? Or should I just let it keep going? Jesus could have very easily just finished what he was preaching. And he could have gone up afterward and said, hey, I saw that you're suffering. Let me heal you. He could have done that. And there would have been no backlash. There would have been no argument. There would have been no pushback. But Jesus intentionally decides to do it during worship, during teaching, to prove the point that it is about living authentically and resilient for God, regardless of whatever pushback is in and around our lives. Jesus gave us an example of when it's necessary to point out inauthentic worship and do what God has called us to do, regardless of the established structure. And so the synagogue leader was acting as if his worship was authentic and making sure this structure stayed in place. But really what's happening is he just wants to be able to give God a show one day a week, and then that got ruined. That got tainted and that frustrated him. We look, starting in verses 15 through 17, it says, The Lord answered him. So Jesus answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So Jesus was fully aware that by serving this woman at the time that he did, in the way that he did, there would be backlash. But because Jesus is authentically walking with God, he is prepared to explain what and why he has done what he did, and actually it, it's why that is actually honoring to God. Because he's authentically following God, he is able to explain why what he has chosen to do is actually honoring to God and not dishonoring. To God. So not only is Jesus about being authentic, not only is he about resiliency, but Jesus is about boldly speaking the truth. Jesus is about boldly speaking the truth. 
Jesus explains that even the religious leaders must do some work on the Sabbath. And the work that they're doing is actually for an animal, right? If an animal can be unbound and given rest and given relief by being led to water to drink, then shouldn't a daughter of Abraham, shouldn't a human being have at least the same amount of value? Your donkey or your oxen that has been tied up for maybe a day at most needs relief, but this woman who's been bound for 18 years on the Sabbath should not find relief? Again, Jesus points out that the Sabbath is a gift for man, and if the religious leader could lead their ox or donkey to water, uh, which was technically work, then why shouldn't the woman who's an image bearer of God be blessed with the ability to rest on the Sabbath? The heart and origin of the Sabbath was to provide rest, not to create a lavish expression of faith. And so often we get caught up in what we can give God. And that comes from a heartfelt place. That comes from being grateful for what God has given us. That comes from this desire to please God because he has given us so much. But if we're not careful, it can turn into us thinking that we are giving God value through our worship, thinking that we are giving him value through our praise. It is pleasing to God. It's obedient. But there is nothing that we can give God that adds value to him. Only value can be added to us through a relationship with Jesus. And we're staring at the midst of a situation where perhaps this was not the most authentic style of worship. Perhaps this was not the most authentic time for this religious leader, the synagogue leader, um, in his walk with God, because he's more upset and more frustrated about the structure being torn down than he is about whether or not God receives glory or someone else receives the gift that God has given. How is it honoring to God that an oxen should drink water, but a woman should be turned away to suffer yet another Sabbath in constant pain and discomfort? The answer is, it is not. So religious leaders had twisted the gift God had intended for man into a penance that they gave God once a week as a way to put on an inauthentic show of their love for God. This woman's presence threatened it, and then Jesus' response destroyed it. Jesus systematically tore apart the entire argument the religious leader had by purely allowing his authentic worship to make him resilient against weak and inauthentic arguments. So when the religious leader said, hey, why don't you come back on one of the other six days? This is the Sabbath day. This is not for healing. It's not for work. It's not for your healing. Come one of those other days. You could easily come one of those other six days and we're good. Not today. And Jesus just simply said, why? Why not today? Of all days, of all days, today should be the day that this woman receives relief because it's the gift of Sabbath from God. So Jesus ain't about the show. Jesus ain't about being inauthentic. And he ain't about fake, lavish shows of faith. What he is about is authenticity. He is about resiliency. And he is about boldly speaking the truth. So what this means for us as a church, what this means for us individually, what do we do with this information? 
It means that we have to passionately follow God's call in our lives, being willing to let go of any traditions or customs or habits, relationships or structures that keep us from being authentic in our walk with him. When we do this, we, are, we will see our lives and the lives of those around us impacted, and we will see the origin of our actions be undisputed. People will look at our lives and say, that person loves Jesus, because regardless of the situation, they authentically live out their life in love and service to Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and for the example that his life is to us. God, thank you for your servant, Luke, in recording these things of the life of Jesus and the detail that he wrote them out. God, in the way that you bless him with the ability to tell these stories. God, in a way that's not just informative to us, but it's transformative. God, may the truth of your word pierce our heart and may we be authentic and resilient and boldly speak truth into a culture that so desperately needs it. God, in a culture that is hurting and confused and has no idea what Sabbath, rest, and relief mean, God, may we bring that truth to them. May we share it with them. And Lord, may we allow structures that would keep us from taking authentic faith and love to them. God, may we allow those structures to be torn down by your son. God, I pray that our church would lead out in boldly sharing the gospel with our friends, with our family, and with our neighborhood. God, that you would bless the sharing of that truth and your kingdom, Lord, would be built through the faithfulness of our church. Just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.